Well, um, it's, it's a bittersweet day for us. Um, we're proud of our daughters. We're excited for their journey in their life. But Heather would not let me sit next to Reagan and Riley in church today. If you look over them, they don't like when I point them out, but they don't have to deal with it much longer because they're out of here. Um, but Heather would not let me sit in the middle. She took the middle seat. I had to sit on the edge because tomorrow we take the girls back uh, near Chicago to go back to college. And uh, they've had some great experiences in this church. I'm so thankful for Hutchison First Church of the Nazareth. I'm thankful for the youth ministry. I'm thankful for the mentors and people that have invested in my daughter's lives that, that love on them, that have made them who they are. And one of those experiences through your giving that's helped is that helped fund part of their experience through our, live, our auction to go to a thing called NYC, which is Nazarene Youth uh, uh, Conference. And it's every four years, about 10,000 High schoolers from around the United States and Canada and a few other countries join somewhere, usually where it's hot and it's cheaper to get hotels. Uh, last two years ago, it was in Arizona. Uh, uh, four years before that, when, when Reagan went, it was in Kentucky. And when I went, and they, it's this great experience. It's a, it's a really a mountaintop experience, a spiritual high in many ways um, to follow Jesus. And um, it's something they've talked about and they've loved. And I've tried to tell myself, in 1989, I went to one of those. It was in Washington, D.C. It was on the University of Maryland campus. And I said, this is going to be the best. I've been told this is the best experience of your life up to this point. You're going to love this with all these students from around the country and Canada. And I was the only one. My dad pastored small churches throughout his life. And I was the only one from my church. We had a plane full. We took up a whole plane of students, like 140 from the Kansas City area. I didn't know any of them. I was the only one from our church. Um, a lot of people were nice to me. They were friendly to me, but they weren't friends. And there's a difference. Same thing as church. Why it's so important that we become, we're going to talk about this today, become a, a, a people of friends and not just friendly. Because there's a lot of friendly churches, but that's not the same as friends. And there was a lot of people that were friendly to me, and it wasn't that anyone treated me mean, but I was trying to pump myself up all week saying, this is the best experience of your life, this is awesome, but I walked from place to place by myself. I, I went back to my room by myself. I, uh, people talked to me, were kind to me, but it was a lonely experience. And I tried to tell myself it was the best experience of, in the world, but it really wasn't. Loneliness is something that is uh, really, I think, more prominent today than ever. I mean, we didn't have social media to connect us. I couldn't try to connect with someone on Facebook and make some kind of connection. But today, there's so much technology, so much social media to connect us like never before. But surprisingly, we're more disconnected than ever. We're more lonely than ever. We're more isolated than ever. I want to share with you some statistics from UCLA, Cigna Health, and Harvard Three in five Americans are lonely. You know, I was in a crowd of 10,000. Just because you're in a large group doesn't mean you're lonely. More and more people report feeling left out, poorly understood, and lacking companionship. Loneliness is on the rise. Loneliness has widespread effects and strongly linked to mental health issues like anxiety, depression, and suicide. Social media was tied to loneliness as well. We'd think it'd make it better, but 73% in the study of very heavy social media, excuse me, users were considered lonely, 52% of light, compared to 52% of light users. Generation Z, that 18 to 22-year-olds, 
scored the highest average in the loneliness scores in the UCLA study, higher than that of the senior adult population, which just tells us that no one's immune from this. The workplace has an impact. People with good co-working, co-worker relationships scored less uh, high of being lonely. Employees in the first six months of their job had loneliness scores six times that as high as someone that had been there 10 years or more. That's just common sense. It's just natural. But if, if you're in a place, I mean, if you're here for the first time and you don't know anybody, I mean, it's going to be a little bit more lonely and, and, uh, for you than for someone that has been here 20, 30 years and knows everybody. The biggest threat to middle-aged men's health is not smoking or obesity. It's loneliness. Heather is listening to a thing on um, suicide for, she's a teacher at Nickerson and for her training, and I was over listening to this presentation, and it said the highest group of suicide rates is middle-aged men between the age of like 45 and like 60 or something like that. We're actually in the highest risk, which kind of surprised me. Loneliness and social isolation is as damaging as smoking five cigarettes a day. I honestly don't know how they come up with that statistic or study, but it was there. I just threw it in there. Retirement can increase the risk of social isolations. Pastors are not exempt. Um, There's a different study. One in every 10 pastors, I don't know if you know this, only one in every 10 pastors will retire as a pastor. Nine out of 10 will retire a different profession. Um, Unfortunately, for some of my ministry friends and colleagues that had a moral failure, I noticed a common theme or denominator. They were increasingly isolated. Even though they had tons of people around them, they weren't strongly connected in friendships. There was loneliness. Mother Teresa says this, life without people is the worst disease any human being can ever experience. By the way, all these studies I just shared with you were all done pre-pandemic. 2000, summer of 2019. Maybe greater than the COVID pandemic, there's a pandemic of loneliness. And yet this is nothing new. This has been going on since the very beginning. God saw that there was a problem at the start and God acted quickly. We know at the beginning in Genesis, God says all these good things, made this, created this, this was good, this was good. When he made you and me, he said this was very good. But then he comes across in eight, uh, we see, um, I think it says 1818. That's not correct. It should be 118, I think. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable to him. God saw that it was not good for us to be alone. This isn't just in the marriage context, although that's a part of it. But God made us for community. Whether single, whether married, we were meant to be connected with other people. God is a communal God. We're made in his image. Genesis 1.26 says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There's, there's a communal, though it's mysterious and hard to understand, we have a communal God. And we were made in his image. And we were made to be in community with other people. We were meant to live in community with other people. God created us for community. And and God doesn't want to leave anyone out. At the heart of God is this. He doesn't want anyone left out. Psalm 68, 6 says, God sets the lonely in families. 
that he's a father to the fatherless. That's why I love the story of like a guy like Colt. Uh, this is his family. God's family is his family. Some of you have found this, that this is, this is family. God sets the lonely in families. God's heart is that no one be isolated and alone. That's God's plan. You actually, you know what God's plan is? It's really three parts. The first thing is God made us to be in relationship with him. He wants you and I to have a relationship with him. It's why he sent his son to die on a cross for our sins, to reconcile those, the, our sin and differences and make us right with him. He wants to have a relationship with us. Then he wants to have us a relationship with other believers and, and with the family of God or what we call the church, the gathering of followers of Jesus. He wants us to gather and be, be together as a, as a family. And then the third part of that, he wants others that aren't a part of the family to become part of the family. The first is to have a relationship with him. The second is to have a relationship with other believers. And the third is to help others have a relationship with God in the church. Scripture is filled with this idea of community, this togetherness. And it, it talks about its benefits throughout the Scripture. We don't have time for all of it, but today we're going to look at Ecclesiastes 4, chapter 9. And you don't have to be a follower of Jesus or a believer today to, to see the truth in this, to see that what is said here is truth. Verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Last March of 2020, uh, when everything started to go crazy, we were talking as a staff that week, what do we do? Do we have, do we have, do we have church? Do we not have church? Do we have church? Do we not have church? We, we got to Saturday. We actually were interviewing Pastor Brandon and Caitlin. In fact, we told them, you know, we don't know what's happening, what's going crazy. If you guys need to cancel your flight and not come and interview, we can do this another time. It wouldn't have worked another time probably. And they said, no, 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 we want to come. So we're glad they came. Um, but that weekend, we finally got to Saturday, about Saturday, two or three in the afternoon. And just in talking with other pastors, different things, we made the decision, we're not going to have church tomorrow. And uh, my oldest daughter was coming home from Florida um, from a spring break trip. And in that moment, about four o'clock and we made that decision. We said, okay, we're going online. And we went online. I preached in an empty room about 4, 4.30 in the afternoon. You might have thought it was live. It wasn't. Sorry to be deceptive. And, and I, Heather and I then got in actually Scott and T-Man's Escalade. At the time, we had a car that had 320,000 miles on it. We didn't trust it. And so they said, hey, use our car. And so we took their Escalade. And about 6, 6.30 in the evening, we started heading towards Chicago. Well, as you can imagine, kind of the emotions and everything else, we kind of got a little bit tired. It made me think of my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law hates this story. I hope he doesn't watch. I don't think he watches me often so I can get away with this. Um, he's a pastor too, but he, he doesn't like the story. I used to work for him for five years as one of his associates. And uh, we were in California at the time. His family lived in Kansas. My family lived in Kansas. And we were wanting to go home for the holidays. Oh, I know people that know. Oh, shoot. I know people that know him. You do not tell on me today, okay? Um, we, we were wanting to go home for the holidays after the Christmas service or whatever. Um, and my brother-in-law said, hey, I'll tell you what, let's, let's, let's drive through the night. Let's save on the expenses. He had a family of five. We had a family of four. Riley was like seven months. They had nine seats in their car. So we 
we said, okay, that sounds like a good plan. We're all about saving money. And so we decided that we were going to leave after church. We were talking, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make this happen? It's going to be about 25 hours straight. And my brother-in-law says, I got it. I got it. I got a plan. How about this? I'll drive during the day and you drive at night because I get tired at night. I said, that's when I'm feeling chipper is at night. That's when I'm feeling the most alive. That's a perfect, he wasn't thinking. I've had those moments that, you know, we're not thinking in those. Oh, I see other people that know. I'm, shoot, I am just in trouble today. Um, we, 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 we get tired and we got tired on this, this night in March and we were heading there and we stopped at a Walmart in the middle of the night. We stopped at a parking fly in the middle of the night and we just, we got in the back and I tell you what, if it wasn't for the three of us, we wouldn't have made it 20 minutes, but we got back there and people said, why didn't you turn the car on? I don't know why we didn't turn the, leave the car run. I guess we're cheap on gas, but we got back there and three, you're able to stay warm a lot longer. But that's more than just a physical warmth, friends. There is a warmth in our spirit, in our hearts when we are connected with one another in the family of God. There's a warmth that takes place and why I look forward to church and why I look forward to, to life group is because I love to be with God's people because my heart is warmed when I'm with you. I'm stronger, I'm better for being with you. I, I think about, um, uh, you know, that three strands, how, how three strands not easily broken. And uh, about a week ago, last week, uh, my wife was walking Molly and she had Carla Starkey with her and they were walking this dog our dog, it's, it's our dog, I should, I've got used to, it's our dog, I love our dog, and I'm talking myself into it, it's a good dog, it's a good dog. They took Molly for a walk, and they took a different route than normal, and it was an aggressive dog that came up on them, and a lady came out screaming out of her house, didn't have on a leash, it was kind of pit bull or something like that, I'm not downplaying, I'm not making a statement on, don't send me an email, um, but it was an aggressive dog. And Heather's mother instincts got in and she got in between. Carla's on the other side, so they're kind of blockade. Heather said, I was just going dizzy. I was getting dizzy just trying to keep myself between Molly and, the, and this dog. And she goes, if it wasn't for a stranger that pulled over on the busy Hendrix, got out of his car and says, do you guys want help? And she said, please. And he said, I know what to do. And he got up and he grabbed that dog by its hind legs and was able to walk it backwards and they were able to escape. Three... When you have a, a band of three, it is so much stronger than just a band of two. We're, we're just better together. And I think about you know, this week, we're going to go up before we drop the girls off. We're going to see Heather's grandfather for a couple days. He's 102, and, and he lives by himself, and he's an amazing man. But a few weeks ago, he got out of the bed in the middle of the night, and he got a, I don't know what happened, but long story short, he fell. And he normally has a thing around his neck that he can press this button. And when he presses this button, I mean, he gets help. And he fell down and it wasn't on him because he was sleeping. He didn't have the strength to get up. And so he just laid there all night until morning came. And once the sun came up, he saw his, his little thing. He was able to grab his button. He was able to press that button. And with just in a few minutes, I mean, he had all sorts of help. There was people that just showed up on his house and they helped him and, and he was okay. And we're so thankful for that. But friends, I'm, I'm telling you, we have a button. We have, we have a lifeline for us, and that lifeline that God's given us is the church. That's his lifeline for us. He wants us to be connected, and the lifeline he's given us, the button he's given us is God's people, is his church in connecting with them. You know, I shared these studies. The good news is this. Friendships can reduce the risk of mortality, 
or developing certain diseases. Friendships is also shown to help speed the recovery of those who are ill. There's this long study, I didn't have time to read it all to you today, but it was just basically bad news. If you don't have relationships and people in your life and, and you're, you're, in lonely, you're, you're lonely and by yourself, your, your risk of death, early death goes way up, your risk of heart disease, all these different diseases, it was just bad news. And then I thought about the opposite of that. I thought about Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill was not the model of health. He was obese. He, was a, uh, he smoked his cigars. He was a heavy drinker. And yet he lived into his early 90s, I think in much part because he was heavily connected with other people. He was, heavy, he was heavily connected relationally with others. And I'm not here to advocate for you know, cigars and heavy drinking and for, you know, you know, obesity. I'm not, I'm, at, I'm just saying that there's a power in being connected. So much so that we're thinking about this new slogan for our life groups, because we believe in life groups around here. It's a small group of people. I maybe shared this before and another pastor shared it first, but I really like it. So we're going to test out this slogan for us and see if it works. See if it, this is a test for you guys today. Get in a group or die. Does it work? We're, we're not going to use that, but the point is, it's our deep desire as a church to help everyone get connected. It's a deep desire, as we sit around as a pastoral team, it's our deep desire to see everyone here known, connected, and cared for. In fact, we, we so much believe in this, this known, connected, and cared for. It's, it's what we talk about, about a lot during our week. It's what our high school and middle school and children's has been talking about. We believe everybody uh, needs a place where they're known, they're connected, and they're cared for. And you can't get that just being here in one hour on Sunday. You're not going to get it adequately from any one pastor or multitude of pastors. The connection comes when we're in, gathered together in small groups of people, of God's people, and even those who have doubts, like Thomas was at Jesus' small group, but he, he wants to invite us into this relationship. I'm in a group, and I've been in our group for about, Heather and I, for four or five years now, and our group just recently switched to Monday nights because Sunday nights was different life stages for different ones of us was beginning to make us where we weren't able to meet as frequently. So we said, we got to move this because this is too important because it does take commitment. It does take effort. But we've come to the conclusion as a group that it's worth the effort. It's, it's worth the effort to be together. It makes us stronger. It makes us better. Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not become in the habit of not meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. I find encouragement from my life group. I find encouragement knowing they're praying for me, knowing that when I have something going on in my life, boom, we send them a text and I get some texts back saying, we're praying for you. When we gathered on Monday nights at the end, we pray for one another. It's not long, it's not crazy, but we pray for one another. Then a list is sent out to us all so we can be praying for those things during the week. I want to challenge us today. Those of us who are already in life groups, this is more than checking another box off the list. Went to church, gave, served, went to life group. It's so much more than that. I love what a pastor said. He said this, life group is a people, not a time on a calendar. Life group is a people, not a time on the calendar. And by the way, it's not just, this is good. We need to be in Bible study. It's not just studying the Bible. 
It's not just praying. It's living life together. That's why we changed it from growth group to life group because we don't want people just to come and have another study. We want people to do that. We want people to live together. We want people to, that sounds weird. Um, We want people to share life together. I didn't say that in the first service. We want people to share their lives together. And and we're better and it's okay to have fun. Some of my memories the last few years, I'm, I'm, you know, this is a big year for me. I turned 50 this last year. Got a special appointment with a special doctor this year. Um, Heather, 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 her family, she, their family does a birthday's big. They go big or go home. Our family, we're kind, happy birthday, a card maybe, a little gift or something. It might, might happen. It's not that we don't celebrate. It's just Heather's family is huge. You got to celebrate birthdays. And I've lived so long with her now that I began to, she came and she goes, what do you want to do for your birthday? What do you do for a birthday? And my response was, I, I really don't care. I don't care. We don't have to do anything for my birthday. I was lying. I was hoping that she would do something. And the closer we got to my birthday, the more I began to get worried and think nothing's going to happen. And all of a sudden she had all of her family over to our house and they were all you know, from Kansas City and me, none of my family, just her family. It's more like her birthday party, not mine. Um, she had all of her family over, and then they sent me off somewhere, and I came back. There was a few balloons. There was a little ice cream cake, and there was a thing that said happy birthday, and they said, surprise. And for a family that really does up the birthday big, I was a little disappointed. But it was a setup. The next Friday night, she was like, hey, we're going to this you know, school thing, this teacher thing. My principal's having us all over and their spouses. I need, I need you to be there. And I was like, okay, Friday night, wonderful. The thing I want to do. And uh, I said, what, what do we, what's the occasion? And she goes, well, just, just dress casual or whatever. I took up her word on it. I came out in shorts and a t-shirt. She said, not that casual. <laughs> and so she said, could you put some? I said, I thought you said this was casual. She said, yeah. And then she lied. And she said, our new superintendent's going to be there, and John, her, uh, John Carey's husband's going to be there, and he's in a button. And I was like, I know John. John and I are more the same alike. And I was like, if John's wearing a button-up shirt, I need to wear a button-up shirt. So I went back. I put a button-up shirt, and then I hear her say, hey, get out here. There's something going on across the neighbors, across the street. So I went out, and I looked out the window, and I saw this big limo out there, and a guy standing out in front just looking at us, but it was on the other side of the street. And I said man, this is in there. I wonder what's going on. I said, I know we're running kind of, she goes, hey, we're running late. We need to go. And I said, "Ah, I know we're running late, but it's only going to be a few more minutes. Let's watch and see what happens. What's going on? And she looks at me. I've had this look before. And it was, you kidding me? And she had to say, Kent, come on, let's go. This is for you, dummy. (laughs) She didn't say dummy, but that's what she was thinking. And I was like, what? What's going on? I've never been in a limo in my life. I didn't make it to prom. You can, oh, uh, I didn't care to go, but I, I'd never been in a limo in my life. I go out there and my, our whole life group is inside that limo. We went out to Wichita. We had a great time that night and she outdid herself. And, and that was our life group, sharing that moment together, celebrating together. And this summer, even though we take a break for the summer, we've texted each other about births and we've checked each other about engagements and checked, texted and, and reached out to each other about prayer requests. 
And when, even when we can't all get together, it's not just meeting at a set time, but uh, part of our life group invited us to go and walk on water as Jesus did. Jesus walked on water. And I got up on water the first, almost the first time. And this is, I mean, I got up on water. For almost, this is the second time. First time I was, I was so proud of myself and I'd just gotten up after they said, this take a while. <laughs> Pride comes before fall. <laughs> But we had these, these are moments. Guys, not everything. Living life, did you think Jesus, yes, they shared truth. They shared, they, they, but they also ate together. They lived together. They enjoyed one another. They, they spent time together. We're meant for community. So my challenge to us today is this. If we will be intentional about knowing others, be intentional about connecting with others, be intentional about caring for others, we're going to be healthy and we're going to be stronger. Who doesn't want to be healthier? Who doesn't want to be stronger? So here's the challenge. First, if you're already in a group, you've been in a group for a while, we're coming off of summer, it's time to get reconnected. Our goal for us is that by September 12th, all of our groups are off and running again. You can start before. Yes, you can start. We're just encouraging you, get going, get started again. And the things, the things that you share in life, it all matters. So we encourage you to get in a group. Number two, you have people or you're friends with and you're not in a group, go grab those friends and form your own group and sign up. Ask, ask Nate, sign up together and tell Pastor Nate. Why do you say, why do we need to tell Pastor Nate? What is this, big brother or something? No, we, we just want to know because we care about you. We want to know that you're known, connected, and cared for. And whenever Pastor Nate comes to me and said, hey, got these people, they're in a group now, they're in a group now. I just breathe a little easier because I know that just showing up at church on Sunday, that'll get you a little ways. It, it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, but there's nothing like living life together. So sign up in a group. Let us, let us know you're in a group so not that we can keep track of you, but we just can not worry as much about you. So you can share in your celebrations together and also share in your struggles or lastly, maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I've, I've been here a long time and this is my first time and the farthest thing that I can think of is signing up in a group uh, with a bunch of strangers and some people I don't know. I'm not about to do that. Can I just tell you, it is not our goal to make you miserable. It's not our plan to throw you in a, bunch of, a group with a bunch of people that you don't know and uh, the only thing you have in common is A through C in the alphabet. That's not our goal. Pastor Nate is so good at this. He is constantly working behind the scenes and you don't even know it. But he's having conversations with you and you think he's just a nice guy. He is gathering information and he's done this so many times now and I've seen him put about six or seven groups together and he'll come back to me during the week and he'll say, hey, Kent, this couple and this couple, I think they'd make a great group. They're about the same life stage. They have similar interests. They have similar things going on in their life. I think they would really connect well. And the next thing I know, they're a group. And it doesn't always work out. It, it, sometimes it doesn't happen on the first time and we gotta get another group. That's okay. There's on-ramps and off-ramps. But I kind of look at Pastor Nate. You've heard of the thing. He doesn't like the word harmony, but you heard of e-harmony. E-harmony, you kind of, you can, you know, meet someone, date, and get married. Um, he's like, needs to coin the word and patent the word C-harmony, church harmony, because 
Connection Harmony because he is good at putting people together and helping them connect with one another. If you're in a place you're going, man, I'm in a group and I'm not that connected, help us help you get connected to another place. Don't give up. And the final thing I'll say on this today is this may be such a huge step. You're going, the last thing I'm going to do is I'm not doing whatever that guy's saying today. Your first step may be this, the most important step you can make to connect with Jesus Christ, to have a relationship with him. You can worry about all this other stuff another time, another place, but have a connection with Jesus. Invite him into your heart and your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. He loved you so much that he died on a cross for you so he could have a relationship with you. Do you pray with me today? Father, I thank you, Lord, for your love for us. I thank you that in the beginning that you looked upon the situation of man and humanity and you said, it's not good. It's not good that we're isolated. It's not good that we're alone. We were made in your image. We're made to have community. That's why we love sports because we like the team games. We, we like working together. We like celebrating together. We like losing and winning together. Well, winning more so than losing, but we love, we love being together because you made us that way. You created us, Lord, with, first of all, a void in our heart that without you, there's a loneliness. We can have all the friends in the world, and it's a blessing. But if we don't have Jesus Christ in our heart and our life, there's a loneliness. There's a void that cannot be filled. Only you can fill that void. Lord, I pray for someone here today that with no one looking around, eyes closed, you can be online as well, but you're just no one's looking around. I just want to pray for you. I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you. But... You just feel God tugging at your heart right now. It's like God's inviting you to a relationship with him. He's saying, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to be your best friend. And today, would you just raise your hand and I can pray for you. I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you. But it's just a commitment. There's something about, thank you. I see you. I see you. Thank you. I see a hand to my right, to my left. I see you in the middle. And you may be online today. I don't see you, but God sees you. Just by that act of faith saying, Jesus, when by raising your hand, you're saying this prayer, just might just want to pray this with me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I pray that you'd forgive me. Come in and make me a brand new person. Thank you that you made me for a relationship with you. Thank you that you love me. Now I, I just want to walk with you with your help. In Jesus' name. Father, for those who prayed this prayer today, Lord, I pray that your word tells us your spirit will bear witness with their spirit that they're a child of God, that they're loved by you. Lord, would you take that seed and would you plant it deeply within their heart? Would you not let the enemy steal what what just happened? And Father, would you just help all of us, whether it's our first time here or to to, to connect with the church? Maybe that's our first step, to keep coming back to church and we're kind of like Grady who said it so well. I got a lot of questions, Jesus. And we have, more, we have more questions than we have answers for. But Lord, just help us to keep coming back to church. Keep coming back with our questions. Maybe for someone today, it's to step into that place of a, saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a chance. I'm gonna sign up for a life group. Or I'm gonna grab some friends. We're gonna be in a life group together. We're gonna, we're gonna live this life together. We're gonna celebrate in our victories. We're gonna share in our defeats. But we're not gonna go it alone. Because you made us for a relationship with you and with one another. So thank you, Jesus, that you made us this way. Now, Lord, help us as we go from this place to help others to know 
that there's a place that they're meant to belong even before they believe. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you stand with us today?